Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex Jamie. I am Jamie and today we are talking to Tim Richardson, who is a sex shop owner down in Brighton. Uh, he runs Lust and Taboo, but you may know him from a little program called A Very British Sex Shop on Channel 4. It's really good. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. Um, and we're also talking to sex coach Lucy, who is going to be chatting about erectile dysfunction. And yeah hope you enjoy it let us know what you think on instagram all that stuff tell a friend if you like podcasts leave us a review blah 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 and yeah enjoy love you bye hey tim hi jamie how you doing all right not bad currently at the start of lockdown 2.0 which yeah, is, well, how uh, you find, how you finding it? I think it's, it's a bit lockdown light, though, isn't it? This time, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, this one's not as serious, you know. Like all good sequels, it's not quite as good as the original. It's not uh, as good <laughs> as the first. I, re- you know, I, I like the first one. I really like the first one, but the second one ain't as good. And it's like yeah. a movie. It's like a movie. <laughs> but I think it's it's a. Uh, I think it's there's less fear around maybe this time. Yeah, and and we kind of hopefully know the end date. You know, yeah, so yeah. It's kind of, it does kind of change things. Hopefully, it ends on the second of December. Yeah, um, sure. and then obviously we've had the the vaccine news that's kind of quite promising, and yeah. you know, so yeah, it's but it's um, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, we're kind yeah. of trying our best within it. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about how things are going with you. So obviously, you, you run you run uh, some sex shops in Brighton, um, which haven't been able to be open right through lockdown. Yeah, no, absolutely, we have taboo and lust in Brighton. So the first. The, Round one of lockdown, um, we were very lucky that we had a TV show called A Very British Sex Shop that was repeated on uh, Channel 4. Nice. Literally three days into lockdown. Uh, uh, okay. On what timing? 4. What timing? And I was just <laughs> like, that it couldn't have happened at a better time. In, yeah. fact, in fact, literally three or four days into lockdown, Channel 4 put it out again and it, it had more viewers than the, the time it went out last year. Oh, so right. that, that our online really got busy, and mm. so did our local online. Uh, a lot of customers were just hitting us up for orders on a daily basis, so we kind of turned it into a sort of a dildo delivery yeah, service. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I was really – I didn't have what to do anyway, so I was just literally going in every day, um, packing up orders, and uh, if I could physically get to them by car, I would, and yeah. and you know, literally, some people were like, um, you know, I was obviously realizing where some of our regular customers live because I didn't really know that before, yeah. Yeah. and um, so we'd get an order, and then literally sometimes they would order it, you know, before twelve by one o'clock, I'd be on their door <laughs> with a with a with a contact, you know, delivery, non-contact delivery, yeah, service. yeah, yeah, and they were going, oh my god, I only ordered this like an hour ago. And I was like, well, there we go. We're actually, we're faster than Amazon. And um, we are faster than Amazon. So, you know, it works really well. Yeah, nice. You're, um, you're liking it like a new, like uh, a new speedy service, but actually you're just bored in lockdown. But it all I was works. just bored in lockdown and it was just like, you know what? Why not? Let's just give this a go. Yeah, you know, yeah. We've never done it before. It was, it was challenging. I was like, you know what? We could still service our regular customers. Excuse, excuse that. <laughs> literally, obviously, so no. but we could we could literally get the, the product to our customers literally within an hour or two of ordering, it. and obviously they were bored. 
Yeah. You know, they yeah. had nothing to do with themselves mm. um, apart from buy sex toys and play around. And what was quite interesting is we noticed that, that you know, some of the people ruled inquiries, it was like three months, wasn't it? You know, something like, it was like yeah. longer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we noticed that people, as time went on, were getting a little bit kinkier as well. They were just oh, okay. trying to try out a few more few more things. I think it's because people just had the time. Yeah. They were, yeah. they were at home. They weren't, you know, it was not like coming home from work after commuting all day and you know they had time to wake up spend time with their partners chat communicate a bit better about yeah, what they yeah. wanted to try and people did so they started experimenting more with, yeah. with some of the products that we really noticed which was which was really and we ran out of stuff towards ah. the end we were literally running out of product that we yeah. we noticed that toys were getting slightly bigger as well at times yeah time. yeah that, that's interesting so i wanted to ask you about that like what what was the kind of trends like did the trends change during lockdown yeah, or yeah they got they got the dildos got bigger <laughs> and the and the orders got kinkier yeah so yeah. bigger bigger and kinkier right so what kind of stuff were you selling they, towards the end we was we started just more heavier bondage stuff cuffs yeah. collars blindfolds ball gags yeah you know um they were just they were just pushing it a little bit further than they had done previously yeah, and, um, you know, you kind of started with like a small sex toy, and then uh, you know a slightly bigger one, and then maybe a strap on, and then maybe some collars, and then cuffs, and then rainbow ball gags, and then they were off. You know, yeah, yeah. And um, so I think people found found what really flicked their switch in that first lockdown. The yeah. second one, it's been a bit quieter, to be fair, and yeah. I think it, it, it's um, I think that's because people just kind of can see their light at the end of the tunnel. As I said, they, they know it's only a few weeks. I know, saying Christmas is like coming up as well, right? That must be a busy time for you. Yeah, it's a bit, it's, you know, it's an unfortunate month to have to close yeah, yeah. shops. You know, like, you know, we're normally really busy now at this time. Um, we are offering a click and collect service at one of the shops so people can order online and come click and collect. So that was, that's the difference with this one is I've not, my dildo delivery service had stopped for the second round. Right. Um, okay. Because we, we, there was a slight difference in, in the regular, the, the, the regulations of what this lockdown was. So essential retail could offer a click and collect service at the shop. Oh, so okay. People are ordering online and they're they're collecting um, non contact oh, okay. collection from the from from the shop. That's less so fun. That's been, <laughs> it, you know what? It is a bit less fun. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I quite I quite enjoyed it. A, there were no tra- first time round. There were no traffic, so yeah, that was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know you could just park, park, park up, run out with my little boxes, and yeah. uh, it's less fun. And it was really nice to like knock on the ring the bell and put the box on the doorstep and take a couple of steps back and wait for the person to open the door yeah and i didn't know i don't know all our customers by first some might by do by first name but certainly yeah. not second name and suddenly the person would open the door and go oh it's you <laughs> oh, how are you doing so yeah. that was really nice yeah well you're a, you're a tv personality now tim you're oh, a come on, channel four tv personality mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really sweet and it was really nice to, yeah to keep that kind of contact going with them yeah. Um, in that lockdown, it was yeah. a really nice. Now, I really, I actually really enjoyed doing it, and we did kind of think about carrying it on when we came out of lockdown. Yeah. Um, and we might look at that at some point, doing some kind of like same day delivery. Yeah. Well, like turning, cooking. yeah, turning orders around in a couple hours. You know, if they're yeah. and that's cool for you know sex toy stuff. I've bought sex yeah, toys yeah. online before, and I do get annoyed that they take a few days to arrive because I'm like, no, nah, yeah, yeah. I want it. You know. Well, that's the thing. I think you know that's what every. People say to me sometimes, well, surely, you know, the, the internet must have killed your shops. And it's like, no, it hasn't. Because, right. you know, people generally want to, sex toy as, as, as an industry, sex toy business is that, you know, they are, they're an intimate product to mm. use. Mm. 
mm. you know, generally. They're an intimate product to you. So people have, have had experiences online where they bought online, but the order has turned up. It's not big enough or it's, it's, it's not small enough or it's too wide or it's too narrow. Yeah. Uh, it's not strong enough vibration. So it's a very, very personal product to buy online. So, you know, people do like to come into the shop. They do like that we have demo toys so they can chat, they can handle it, they can put, press the vibration, they can feel the vibration, um, and they want it tonight. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. they've got their on, you know, they've like, they've had a maybe a bit of sex texting going on with their partner during the day or something, and they're, why don't you pop into the boo or why don't you pop into last and get something and bring it home? And it's kind of, it, it's more of a, you know, we want it now kind of mm. a product. So we've got the combination of, it's a very intimate product to use, so that's, really good if you want to buy that in a physical shop yeah. and we want it quickly so that that's why that kind of that the market for us is, is still very buoyant for, for people coming into the actual physical shop and buying in person yeah that's great but yeah we will we are going to do that i'm going to definitely look at this 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 uh, same day delivery service yeah and uh, in, the, in the new year where we can we can actually do that for our local customers. yeah totally i just love the idea of someone watching the rerun of a very british se- very british sex shop and then you show up <laughs> okay i'm gonna buy something from them and then you show up like hi and, here I, and here i am and um yeah but it's, it's and we only sold a, quite a few dolls as well because obviously the guy on the show by yeah. any of your listeners have seen the show but there's a guy one of our customers buys a, a, a real uh, full-size sex doll. Yeah. And um, we sold we sold some of those in mm. lockdown as well, um, which is obviously, you know, if you're on your own, then, yeah, what a perfect thing to have in lockdown, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, it makes sense. All right. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we can hope for a third lockdown and <laughs> you can get well, some more no, shit. I just want to, you know, I'm funny if I sent the director of the, of the show a text, a couple of times, can't you have a chat with Channel 4 and get them to put it out again? Well, yeah, we did yeah. the second lockdown because it, uh, it was so beneficial. Yeah. But who knows next year, there might be another one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Lock, not a lockdown. Another, another one. We don't yet. want any more lockdowns. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see a sequel. I want to see what happens. I think um, there was talk about it before the first lockdown, funny enough, where there oh, yeah. was discussions about it with Channel 4 and they were due to come down and start doing a bit of filming with us, but we went into lockdown. Hence, uh, they repeated the old one. So there, that yeah. was on the cards, but I, um, we'll have to see next year. Yeah, fingers crossed. That boy's going to get in trouble someday. Honestly, darling, I love you and nothing will change you. Hey Lucy. Hi Jamie. So you're a sex coach. Yes. And I wanted to talk to you about erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. um, because you're probably one of the best people for me to talk to about this. Okay. Do you have a bit of experience with yes, clients that yes. have to deal with this? I do. Um, often when we have, when we're working or when I'm working with erectile dysfunction, um, there's often issues with ejaculation as well. It's, you know, the, the penis isn't something that fits into one box, so mm. to speak. But if there's issues with erections, there's also issues with ejaculation as well. Mm. Um, and we can talk about it more, but I believe it's like a, the tip of the iceberg that covers many different things. Right, okay. So my... I have a bit of experience with this, mm-hmm. so I, I suffer from this for a short period, um, which we can go into more detail in a bit. But the thing that really stuck with me from all of that was um, when I was doing a bit of research on it, uh, I found that 
I can't remember what the exact statistic was. You might know, you might know the, the statistic, but um, most cases of erectile dysfunction are like mental yeah. issues, like yeah. mental health issues, yeah. not physical. Yeah. And that kind of threw me a bit because yeah. I, you don't think about it that way. You sort of think like, oh, my dick's broken. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, well, you've kind of hit the nail on the head, no pun intended. In that, <laughs> first of all, there is a lot of money in researching erectile dysfunction mm. in the world of sexual medicine and sexual health. A ton of money. I say a shit ton of money, a shit ton of money. <laughs> if you compare to how much money goes into researching it versus how much money goes into like vulva pain or mm. pelvic pain, it's crazy. Mm. And I think the issue is that, you know, obviously for a lot of men, it's it takes it makes a huge blow to your self-esteem. Mm. It's like literally crushing your manhood. Mm. It's like someone's literally crushing your balls mm. and you're no longer a man. Mm. It's a, women or people always can never truly understand how much it crushes a man mm. to not be able to get an erection when he wants to yeah. but you're right and it's not I don't want to say mental health concern it's it's an umbrella term that is mostly emotional mental um, stress levels something that if we think about you know, the main nerve that connects kind of the penis to the rest of the body mm. is that if something gets if something disrupts that nerve and usually it's emotions it's stress it could be internalised stuff it's not going to work properly mm. and for, in very few cases it is medical such as if they have a heart condition or cancer mm. um, but, or uh, an injury or a stroke where literally the, there's something wrong with the body yeah. but most times it is emotional slash psychological slash relational mm. in that it often ha it can happen within the context of a relationship it can be to do with stress it can be to do with anxiety mm. um, and so what is frustrating for a lot of us in the world of um, you know, sexology, mm. sex therapy, sex coaching is that with the money that goes into researching erectile dysfunction they're trying to find medical solutions they come up with like technology I've lost count of the amount of like devices and creams and this and this and this they'll use and I think that can have a place in terms of helping to kind of build up the confidence again you know the most well known drug, you know Viagra you've got Cialis yeah. but you're not working with the underlying emotional stuff that's going on mm. um, so when I mean emotional stuff, it doesn't mean, well, I haven't got mental health. I don't, I'm not mentally ill, I don't mm. have anxiety. Well, every human has a level of anxiety around something. And what can usually happen is you get into a negative feedback loop where it happens once and then you start to freak out. Mm. And of course, it becomes a repeated cycle. And so when I'm working with men who have erectile dysfunction, I say erectile difficulties because in my training and my profession we reframe the language mm. because within the world of medicine they use sexual dysfunction as right. though there's something seriously wrong with mm. you have a dysfunction mm. and actually most dysfunctions I'm using quote marks are actually not dysfunctions they're the result of a mix of bad education not enough knowledge about your body relational difficulties not being yeah. able to talk about sex um you know, maybe I've heard a lot of cases where men are so used to watching porn that they don't really know how to interact with a woman. There's so many things, or a man, whoever they're with, mm. there's so many things to unpick there. Um, and at the most basic, it's like, what is your relationship like with your cock? Mm. Do you have a relationship with him or it? Mm. Do you have a loving relationship with it? Do you feel connected to it rather than, oh, it gets hard and it goes down? Yeah. And a lot of men feel this pressure, and women, if they're with women, can put this pressure on them. They should just be able to get hard yeah. within a second, be ramrock straight, and be able mm. to pound away for five hours. Yeah. Actually, 
you, you've got a penis, mm. you know that's not true. Mm. You know that many things will affect your erection, such yeah. as if you're stressed, if you had a shit day, mm. if you are got, got a load of things that's going on in your mind right now, and maybe you don't really want to have sex right now. Yeah. Maybe, because another pressure there is on men is that they should always be up for sex 100% of the time. Yeah. Everyone comes on to him, I should just be able to turn on. You know that's not true. Mm. There are times when you don't want to have sex. Yeah. You just want to cuddle, or you just want to be left alone. Mm. And so then women can then take that person like, oh, you're so attractive. Yeah, yeah. And it there's you know, there's a lot of pressure around getting erections and you know, you know the penis isn't a machine. I call it like it's like your GPS system. Mm. In that if there's if it's not working the way you want it to, it, it's signalling that something's wrong. Mm. There's some stress going on, there's some emotional stuff going on. It could be internalised past difficult experiences. It could be just you are really stressed and angry. Um, whether it's your life, whether it's from your relationship, whether it's a whole load of stuff and it will manifest in your body. Mm. So this is why working with emotional release, um, working with getting to the root of what's what's stressing you, even if it's in the bedroom. Because when couples have sex, Mm. quote unquote, you know, they tend to follow a certain script. Mm. We do this and then we finger her and then I wank him and then, Mm. and and you really forget to slow it right down. And so what, what feels good in my body right now? So, um, there's certain there's certain exercises that we can do even it's as simply as just holding your cock and really sending it energy and apologizing mm. i know that may sound a bit woo but it's like i'm really sorry for all the ways that i've abused you mm-hmm. and i have punished you and gotten angry at you and actually i love you mm. dude or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> bro, bro <yeah. laughs> little jamie big jamie sorry you know i it, and it's that forming that relationship with your genitals and mm. um, so um, I have two books. Um, it's by a photographer called Laura Dodsworth, and she photographed a hundred penises and also then a hundred vulvas. Mm. Two different books and a hundred boobs. Different book. Mm. A hundred um, boobs or fifty pairs of boobs. Oh yeah, fifty. No, fifty. Oh no, a hundred pairs of boobs. I so, think. So two hundred boobs. Yes, single nice. breasts. <laughs> to, or one hundred bodies with breasts. <laughs> Um, well, 100 bodies which had breasts on them um, and I haven't got that book but I've got the penis and the vulva mm. book but it's really beautiful to read both of them because you don't see their faces but so you see their genitals and they talk about their story mm. with their genitals and you know a lot of guys don't really talk about their cocks in terms of apart from oh yeah I've got a massive boner I'm like 10 mm. inches and, you know, comparing erection sizes and then oh what am I doing if too long oh, yeah, yeah. and you know guys and women don't talk about their vulvas in terms of their story and it's really heartwarming to hear men's stories with their cocks and because your story with your cock relates to your story with your body and mm. your sexuality and your people you've loved and not loved and hooked up and yeah, there's this real tendency that oh, all men are dicks or all men are this like no men are humans mm. with feelings and needs and desires and vulnerability mm. And it's really vulnerable for a man when he can't get an erection. But yeah, that's, that's, that was the big thing that, yeah. so, so my sort of experience of it was triggered by like a vulnerable moment. Mm-hmm. It was a time when like I was in a situation where I definitely should have been really hard mm-hmm. and should have been using it mm-hmm. and couldn't mm-hmm. because I had drunk too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a very like normal thing, right? Whiskey yeah. dick, like. Whiskey, yeah. Um, Brewers droop, I think it's. Yeah. <laughs> Brewers droop. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
so, so like the physicality of it was perfectly normal I was too drunk to get it up but the mental image I had of like the scenario I was in and I should have done it it made me feel like I'd failed as a man and as my purpose in that space was to be a man and fuck mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. Um, so that was what stuck with me and I didn't get hard on for about a month mm-hmm. afterwards and it was it was horrible um, but yeah like you say it was sort of like you sort of beat yourself up and you mm-hmm. you know it really it really breaks you I think it's quite a hard thing to talk it's still quite and I'm quite open I've got a sex podcast that's yeah. <laughs> all the time it's still quite hard for me to tell that story because of yeah of the like damage it caused to my like I hate it but like ego yeah. you know um, and I'm lucky you know I've got it back mm-hmm. pretty much as soon as I realised it was a mental thing mm-hmm. I've had a lot of counselling so I know how to sort of heal a bit you know my mind um but yeah, I can imagine that being really hard for someone who doesn't talk about sex mm-hmm. or isn't, you know, not yeah. in that position. Yeah, really hard. Mm. Um, especially, as you said, it's a huge bruise to your ego and a huge bruise to who you are as a man, mm. where you feel that your core essence has just been taken away. And it's, you know, it's easy for, like, women to think, oh, God, just men are obsessed with their dicks. Yeah. But we can never really understand that, that it's a core part of who you feel you are mm. and how you can relate to women or men or whoever mm. you're attracted to. Um, and this is why, you know, lots of my colleagues have done like workshops and like genital healing. So like re- releasing genital shame, mm. even if it's as simple as like sitting in a circle with people and talking about your bits mm. in a way that's non-salacious, but in a way that talking about it really openly. And if you're really brave, going to a circle where people are showing or ex- like, where people are, showing your genitals but not from like a place of exhibitionism but from a place of ah I'm normal mm. this is part of my body mm. and there's nothing salacious there's nothing like dirty about it because there's such a pervasive message in pretty much every culture most cultures is that genitals are dirty mm. an erect penis is offensive it's mm. dirty it's wrong whether it's a vulva or a penis mm. and to actually have people witnessing you in your nudity in a place of love and compassion it's really beautiful Mm. I've seen lots of different naked bodies and genitals and it's actually really humbling for me because you realise nobody is perfect Mm. that nobody has the perfect body and actually everybody is beautiful and every set of genitals is beautiful and even from a kind of geeking perspective of looking at the different arrangement of penises and testicles and vulvas it's like wow humans come in such a full spectrum Mm. isn't this amazing Mm. And it can really help with healing shame around your genitals or your penis and your sexuality. Especially, you know, you go for a massage, for example, and you keep your pants on. Yeah. Um, just the act of being nude around people, it's really healing mm. and helps you kind of, well, I'm a full human being and mm. I'm a sexual being. And also my sexuality isn't just dependent on my genitals. Um, often when I work with male clients around with erectile slash ejaculation difficulties I'll get them to well what other ways can you be erotic and sexual or what other ways can you please the partner you're with mm. because a lot of men will kind of get very hung up on their dicks and think yeah, yeah you know, the way to satisfy a woman if I'm with a woman is to pound away yeah. like a jackhammer for two hours mm. and any woman heterosexual woman or any any woman of any orientation to see just as like bullshit Mm. no that's Mm. not what works Mm. and so it's building up your loving your lover's repertoire of erotic skills so that you know it's going to be very distressing if you can't get an erection it's like okay there's other things we can do Mm. there's loads of other things we can do yeah definitely yeah Yeah, on on the on the kind of stigma around it 
I kind of briefly want to talk about something I've become a lot more sen- more sensitive to since going through it myself is when you know we all have bad hookups and yeah. we love telling a bad hookup story <laughs> uh, this whole podcast is based on that <laughs> but, um, yeah uh, but one thing I've sort of started trying to stop my friends doing is saying the phrase he couldn't keep it up yeah he couldn't get it up um, because that's definitely seen as you know a failure yeah and you know he's not a good lover because he couldn't get a hard on yeah, which is a shame it's weakness yeah what they say is they perceive it as weakness oh mm. god he's not a real man because he couldn't yeah. get it up yeah and the flip side you know i must have been doing something wrong because he couldn't give it up yeah. it's also not found in much truth i don't think no um, it's, yeah it's really sad i think number one it goes down to terrible sex education mm. um in that if a, if you are with a partner who can't maintain an erection that you think oh my god maybe he just doesn't think I'm hot mm. is it because I'm overweight is it because I've got a big bum or mm. is it because I've got this so they can really take it personally um, and then also if the man feels uncomfortable to talk about it to, you know, he might say it was not you I promise but this is why I really wish there was more comprehensive sex education that erectile difficulties happen to every man mm. at some point in his life and really knowing that a man's erection isn't actually always dependent on the partner or how sexy it is. It's, you know, it definitely can be relational in aspects. So if you're feeling resentful towards your partner, mm. it's going to be really hard to have an erection. Yeah. Um, but also understanding that a penis isn't like a machine. You can't just click a button. It's really related to the man's emotions and emotional state and stress levels yeah. or a myriad of other factors. And to stop treating men like human sex dolls, mm-hmm. basically, that mm. men have vulnerabilities and feelings, and we need to really honour that. Mm. And for men who, um, when we talk, you know, when people say, "Oh God, he couldn't get it up," or "He wasn't a real man," it's like, well, do you know how damaging that is mm. to his self-esteem? Mm. The amount of men who I've spoken to who revealed that often their female partners have shamed them or a past partner has shamed them saying oh you're not as big as my ex mm-hmm. or oh god laughing at his penis or his yeah. erection do you know how horrible that, that is going to stay with him oh yeah for so my, long mine, mine was triggered by one comment yeah um, it was so it was in like a group sex scenario mm-hmm. and uh, I was the only guy there and one of them said the only reason you're here is to do that and you're not doing it and she said it in a jokey, laughy way, yeah. but that rang in my head every day for like the weeks that I couldn't get out. It's like, yeah, no, she's right. The only reason I'm there is because I have a penis and the others don't. And oh I couldn't do that. And that's the thing, like you say, it, it bounces around, like, and it's really hard to drop that. I think, you know, a lot of women, if they are, and this happens with gay guys as well, mm. don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, a lot of people can be really flippant about dicks and penises. And if you are, you know, if you're a woman who has sex with men, a lot of women don't realise how castrating their words can be. And, you know, they can, they, some women will be like, oh, God, stop being so sensitive. You know, we're feminists. It's like, yes, but you really need to honour his experience and his feelings that what you're saying is incredibly hurtful. Um, you may not think it is. You may think everything's good. But not all women are victims all the time. Women mm. can be really cutting and really nasty. Mm. And we need to own that. And the same way, I know this happens with gay guys as well. It happens in the gay community a lot where they shame each other for their penises or penis size. We really need to, as a society, whatever society you live in, to stop shaming people for their genitals. Mm. Because also this happens with girls and women. They get shamed for their 
their vulva being their lips being too long lopsided or whatever and I wonder how much of this goes down to if we just saw more genitals mm. in a non-sexual context because most of us will see the most amount of genitals in porn I'm not anti-porn by the way mm. but a lot of porn especially Pornhub or YouPorn it shows a very monoculture, whatever, mm. homogenous type of genital, one type of penis, one yeah. type of pussy. And we know this logically, but it's still difficult to get our emotions around that most penises in porn, the male performers are chosen for their usually abnormally large penises. They're yeah. taking a shit ton of steroids and erectile drugs to stay hard for 12 hours that they're mm. on set. Um, and if we just saw more genitals in a non-sexual context, mm. And we're like, hey, I'm proud of my bits. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen to you again, but at the same time, it may. Mm. And know that there's many different tools that you can use, and also anyone who's listening who's got erectile difficulties or dysfunction. Mm. There are so many things you can do, and I'm not, you know, I'm a bit ambivalent about Viagra because a lot of men will use Viagra, and I think it can help in the short term but then you can become psychologically dependent on it or you're worried you can't get an erection yeah. without taking it. So it's why I'm a huge advocate for uh, you know, strengthening your pelvic floor, doing like mindful self-pleasuring and masturbation, um, learning your sexual response cycle. There's so many things you can do to get educated and tools you can give yourself so that if it happens again, because it may happen again, mm. due to anxiety, you've just had a bad day yeah. or you're on medication, that if it happens, I know what to do. Mm. It's fine. I know what to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's not as much of a, a death sentence as it feels at no. the time. I think, um, and I'm lucky because I've had, like I said, I've got like a long history of like mental health yeah. counselling and stuff. So when I realised it was a mental issue, I knew how to heal that. Yeah. But like I say, yeah, a lot of people don't have that. Um, and yeah, I sort of saw Viagra as the same way I see antidepressants. Of yeah. like, in the short term, great, can fix the problem quickly, but maybe you should be building the foundations a bit better, you know? But also I've heard that from men who take Viagra is that, you know, you may be hard, but you may not be feeling anything else. Yeah, so yeah, you can have an erection, but you're probably not feeling a lot of sensation. It can mm. actually cut sensation. Yeah. So you've got this ramrod, but you're not really feeling anything. Mm. So maybe you can get the job done, so to speak, but you're not able to be fully present. Yeah, and that's the thing, because yeah. you're sort of like fulfilling your job as a man by being hard, but you're yeah. actually enjoying it or having sex on your half. Like. No, <laughs> exactly. And I guarantee that whoever you've had sex, whoever you're having sex with, they can feel that. Mm -hmm. They can definitely feel that you're not 100% there. Mm. Because I think one of the elements of great sex isn't about doing every single move in the Kama Sutra or whatever, mm. it's about being able to be present with your partner. Just connecting, yeah. And be with them. Mm. Like, really look into their eyes or be here right now with them mm. and be really um, present with what you're feeling. That is one of the essences of the great sex, mm. having that connection there. Mm. And Viagra, it can help sometimes, but then if you're not feeling a lot of sensation in your penis and you kind of feel like you're doing it just so that you can feel a role, yeah. there isn't that connection there. Mm. Um, so... I mean, there's all sorts of erectile dysfunction drugs out there and I feel that they are unnecessarily pushed to men too much rather it's like medicalization of our problems mm. I think medication absolutely plays a role but when we become overly reliant on it you know take a pill and it will go away you're not dealing with what is going on underneath mm. like antidepressants they are lifesavers 
but if you use them on their own, without therapy, without general well-being practices, like taking care of your emotional health, they're not going to make everything better. Yeah. All right. That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really, really means a lot to me that you have got out your way to come and listen to me talk to people about their weird sex stories. <laughs> um, if you like what we're doing, go check us a follow on Let's Talk About Sex Jamie on Instagram. Uh, tell your friends about us. Leave a review on iTunes. All that stuff that people with podcasts say at the end, basically. Um, yeah, it really means a lot that you listen and hope to see you next week. Love you. Bye.